Hello and thank you for joining us wherever you may be. In today's episode, we sat down with Dr. Mitch Gillis, Professor of Creative Writing at the University of Cambridge Institute for Continuing Education and author of 10 non-fiction books such as Amy Johnson, Queen of the Air, Army Wives, and the book we'll be covering today, Piccadilly, The Circus at the Heart of London, which is a snapshot of the constantly bustling landmark that we all know. Join us as we find out why Dr. Midge decided to write about this book, a style of writing, the hardest aspect of writing non-fiction, as well as uncovering interesting and shocking facts about Piccadilly. As we'll come to realise throughout this episode, Piccadilly has a lot more to show than its dazzling lights and large billboards. So sit back, relax, as you journey through to the other side. Nobody knows what you are. I was concerned about going out into the world and doing something bigger than myself until someone smarter than myself made me realize there is nothing bigger than myself. If you don't believe, nobody else is going to believe. To get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode with the Paper Trolls podcast. I'm your host, Shamaki. Today, joined by my co-host, Mohammed. Back again. Back again. Yeah, first time it. in the studio for a long time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. How's it feel? Special guest today, so I'm, I'm daunting. I'm honored to be here as well. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. And as you said, we are with a very special guest today, uh, Midge Gillis, author of the book that we will be covering today, Piccadilly. And um, before we get into the book, we want to know a lot more about you, the person behind the books. Um, if you could just quickly introduce yourself. Sure, but it's great to be here. Yeah, and um, I suppose my full name is Dr. Midge Gillis, and I'm Associate Professor of Teaching of Creative Writing at the University of Cambridge Institute of Continuing yeah. Education. I told you it was a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's amazing. And firstly, I just want to say thank you for coming on. Oh, it's great to be here. Um, you're very, very nice, very gracious in even sending over the book uh, and essentially facilitating everything to happen. And you know what? It was, on my end, very, very worth it. because. Oh, no, well, that's great. And, you know, I love talking about books. And um, yeah. I would have to say you're not my t- typical reader, so yeah. it's great. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to yeah. hearing, you know, it, what no, you yeah. think about it. That's, so that's great. That's yeah, what it it's is. not a difficult book that we would read either, but well, I'm, no, I'm glad you read it. Yeah, well. well, thank you. And um, I'm uh, looking forward to hearing what you have to say about yeah. it, even if they're bits you don't like. So. No, 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 of course. But, you know, that's what it is, and especially, like, uh, with, with this podcast, that's also what we're trying to do, trying to, like... Uh, sort of, I guess, bridge the gap between even like our peers and our friends are not really into reading. Yeah. Um, so essentially creating that bridge between readers and non-readers and then coming to... Because at the end of the day, I think the most important thing about books is the discussions that it brings. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure that the way I write books has changed yeah. because I think people have got... I know I have a shorter attention span. Yeah. So I find my, my chapters have got shorter as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, and I've got a daughter who's about 23, so yeah. I kind of think of her as maybe a... She's not a reluctant reader, but I th- have her in mind when I'm thinking about writing No, books. yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just how it is, especially now with social media and yeah. stuff like that. Is yeah. thing. But we will get into that uh, a lot more because uh, I wanted to... Because I asked you before we uh, started um, about three items that meant something oh, to yeah. you. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And two of them you sent to me as pictures that I'll put up on the podcast and one of them was your mother and your si- and her sister yes it, I, you said it could have you'd like to think it was Piccadilly well or was so it... I'm pretty sure it's Trafalgar Square yeah and um so in a way my mum is the reason I wrote this book because she grew up in Balham okay, and she used to yeah. go with her sister Marjorie yeah. who I'm named after and they're in that photo yeah and that's them on a trip 
up to town, and I'm pretty sure it's Trafalgar Square because they're surrounded by pigeons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like to think they're on their way to Piccadilly, to Piccadilly Circus because yeah, yeah, my yeah. mum used to talk about going there a lot and yeah. going to the cafes and having a chat with her sister. And was that kind of like your first sort of introduction to Piccadilly? I think it was even... So I was born in Pinner, yeah. but my mum used to talk about going up to uh, Piccadilly Circus yeah. and having a really good time there. Yeah. And I remember... Um, when I had the first time I had to have some hockey boots for yeah. school and you know I grew up in Suffolk and there are lots of sports shops in Suffolk but yeah. we had to go up to Piccadilly Circus and okay, I'm thinking yeah. why is that yeah and I think it was like it was a kind of pilgrimage for her yeah um and then I worked in London for about 15 years yeah. um and I always used to love going to Piccadilly Circus because yeah. it's so exciting yeah no of course it is uh what would you say were your first experience at Piccadilly you know what it was like growing up you, you see you see Times Square on, on, on the TV a lot and yeah. then I, 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 mean, I think I saw Piccadilly on TV yeah. at some point. I don't know what it was, but I was like, oh, that's a, that's a, it's a British Times so Square. British Times Square, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I actually went there until I was an adult, you know. Really? Even though I was, I was, I I was raised in North yeah. London. Yeah. Been, I mean, getting up there. And um, yeah, for some reason, I was an apprentice uh, mm. back in 2015. And then um, I was working in central London. So I was like, let me just explore my yeah. city a bit. <laughs> and yeah, I visited Piccadilly Circus and I was like, this actually is... To be fair, it felt smaller than what I saw on the TV. I was oh, like, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. I, was yeah. like, I was like, oh, there are meant to be more screens here. Yeah. Oh, right. So you're not, you weren't kind of... You uh, didn't look at the kind of big screen and think, wow, that's amazing. Because that's uh, one of the things I think when you come up from the tube, it's mm-hmm. so yeah, bright. It, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like, okay, there, there it is. And that is pretty like impressive. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I don't know. Maybe I thought like yeah, it'll be like there'll be <laughs> more screens around. Right. And, Funny enough, just felt, like, I thought the same thing. Did you? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Did like you? I, I remember where I saw it on. I think it was like Spooks or something, like a show, or was it a movie one? Um, this is before I even went to uni because when I, I went to like Westminster, which oh, is right, yeah, nearby. Uh-huh. So then you'd see it and then it, it did have that Times Square kind of yeah. like effect. Then when I was there, I was like, okay, this is it's nice. It mm. kind of felt like a film set. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, it is used in so many films. Yeah. Um, and it's like shorthand for London as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Eros is always, I always find that smaller than I thought it was going to be. But yeah. it's kind of lit so well yeah. that it's more impressive. Even I with think. that, like as we were reading the book, I was like, I don't remember seeing a statue like off the top of my head. All I remember oh, is the screens. Really? Yeah, for yeah. some reason. I don't know. Like, but I tend to go there in the evenings a lot more as well. Yeah. I it looks great in the evenings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I feel like I didn't, I didn't, I don't have a memory of of the actual area outside of like just seeing the screen yeah. and, and seeing booths and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah it's it, it weird, but it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And and the the second item was the uh, was it that map that you've kind of drew out? Oh or? yeah. So um, I got my daughter, who's an art student, yeah. to draw a map of Piccadilly Circus because yeah. it's got so many into weaving roads and yeah. I wanted to get them straight in my head so that I could sit at my desk and look at it mm-hmm. and then I printed out lots of pictures of the main buildings I wanted to write about and yeah. blue tack them on the wall okay, um, yeah. so and so I think in quite a visual way um, yeah. and I don't know if you both do when you're writing or creative but I kind of look at things a lot yeah. so that really helped me no yeah of course I mean obviously I know he has a well, I don't know how you have it with the Apple photo collection album and stuff like that but I sort of have the same thing like if I see something especially on Pinterest. Yeah. And 
it kind of gives you the mood of something that you're going for and then you kind of you know reference that uh, yeah I, I love mood boarding that, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's definitely useful for yeah. creative stuff yeah and no, I think that's a really good way of describing it and it also makes me think of you know on um, cock shows now they have those kind of the suspects that yeah, yeah yeah so it's yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing as that's well that's what it kind of looked like yeah. as well <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw it I was like oh wow she's planning on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't murdered the anyway. heist <laughs> I was like wow this is very elaborate my part of uh, my part of something here and uh, what would you say was the first of the the last uh, meaningful item to you when you was writing this book? Or did you not have one? It's fine. What you mean? Well, um, and there was the jigsaw that someone gave the me jigsaw, as well. The jigsaw, yes, which, yes, But yes. Um, it's like, I don't really do jigsaws. And yeah. I was thinking that I've got no table big enough to do this, this to, to have it out okay, is, for is weeks it like and weeks. like a proper big... Yeah, no. Yeah. And um, so... I think I have lied and told the person who gave it to me that I have done it. Yeah. But it was kind of... It was, How they know? <laughs> so I'll tell them not to listen record, to this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just, it was such a nice thing of them to do. They saw yeah. it in Oxfam and bought it for me. Um, and it's got a kind of, you know, Victorian picture, Piccadilly Circus, and then yeah. a, 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 well, it probably would have been the 60s. So those kind of um, bright, very bright colours you get got in old yeah, postcards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and sort of the it had the same sort of look as as your cover. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I like the cover. I didn't have anything to do with the cover of the book yeah. apart from saying it's great. So I feel like I can brag about <laughs> it. But, um, more I like think, a publisher thing than yeah. Like, so they and they took ages to choose it because um, they want because Piccadilly stands for so many different things. Yeah. And this is a you probably noticed it's a Lowry painting and normally he's associated with. Um, you know the north and matching okay, yeah. um, men and women um, and I think it looks like a kind of art deco poster you might get in the tube yeah, so I think yeah, it's yeah. a really clever design which I had nothing to do with writing yeah, it, it looks nice to be fair it is something that you'd actually see on the tube or like even on the postcard yeah about exactly welcome yeah. to London yeah. or something yeah. like that yeah. uh, and I wanted to touch up on a bit of um, how you came into the whole creative writing process and what was your first like early introduction into uh, essentially creativity um, like when you was younger were you an avid reader or was it a case of as you grew up you decided to get more into it no uh, well I think writing? it's probably um, partly being an only child yeah. um, and um, I used to read a lot and I used to read Enid Blyton books a lot yeah. um, and um, it turned out I found out later on that she actually taught at my secondary school okay. but they completely hushed it up because they didn't think she was a good writer oh, but I mean wow. yeah, yeah I know and I mean I know she's kind of guilty of you know lots of the faults of when she was writing yeah. in that you know some of the characters have servants and things like that which yeah. wasn't my experience of growing up <laughs> um but I just I loved them and I they got me into kind of reading and reading um and I loved history yeah. and um my dad was a, a really good storyteller, so yeah. he was Scottish, so I think I inherited that as well. Okay. And then I did history at university, became a journalist, and um, all my articles were naturally much longer than they should have been, so yeah. I realised I should be trying to write books. Was it in the case of you just liked writing, that they were longer, or was it just because that was just more information you wanted I to I think I always found out too much. Yeah. So, um, you know, and there was always, because um, I'd start asking people things that, wasn't really relevant to yeah. the news story um and so um i suppose i always wanted to write books yeah, um, yeah, came from that, yeah. and and obviously you took the the route of non-fiction um yeah. 
before you get into that, did you write any fiction or yeah. was that not really? Okay, no, I used, to yeah. I used to try writing fiction yeah. um, and I love reading fiction yeah, as well. Yeah. And I'm married to a crime um, novelist. Yeah. So yeah. I've got nothing against fiction, <laughs> yeah. but I just, I really love nonfiction because yeah. I think they're the, they're the best stories and mm. you don't have to worry about plots because it's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I love finding about out about ordinary people mm. um, and I love doing research as well. Because yeah. I think even finding out about ordinary people you've had so many different you could in a way say characters because yeah no they are characters yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially um in, in in the book that then you I'll, I'll speak about one that actually hurt uh I'm, well yeah that i found a bit sad um but like i think with non-fiction is interesting in a way that um like for example piccadilly is a real place that you can mm. go and then you can actually like see the. I think the cafe de Paris. Cafe de Paris. Yeah, yeah de Paris. Oh, yeah. Butcher that name. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have the the seasoning, you know, the the, the culture in me. Um, but uh, so yeah, so I think it was then shut down, and like I said, it was reopened. But now it's like changed completely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like a bit sad the fact that that's uh, happened. Well, yes, and um, I mean, so the cafe de Paris. I came across that story when I was um, listening to lots of oral history accounts in yeah. the Imperial Museum. And it, I think it's just such a brilliant story. So yeah. it's about this nightclub and which claimed it was blitz proof. And, yeah, you know, it's yeah. all about kind of pride. Really. Yeah. And then um, this high explosive bomb came down a ventilation shaft and killed and maimed lots yeah. of people. Really, really tragic story. Mm. Um, and so my husband kept saying, you must go and visit the Café de Paris. Yeah, yeah. And I say, no, no, I haven't got done all my research. The moment's not right. He said, yeah, no, but right, you, yeah. you, mu you must go. And I say, yeah. what could possibly stop me from yeah. visiting the Café de Paris? And then we had a pandemic and I've never been inside the Café de Paris. Yeah, no. And, um, did it change? Yeah. It did. So, oh, and no. when it was, it was kind of um, locked up for a long time. And I remember yeah. the closest I've come to stealing anything was that I walked past and some of the little gold um, squares had yeah. fallen off. Um, and yeah. I really wanted to pick one up and steal it. But next door, there was a really scary looking bouncer. Well, okay, and I just yeah, couldn't exactly, bring myself yeah. to do it. Um, and now it's completely different. And I think it's like an I Ibiza style kind yeah, of nightclub. Yeah. I checked out yeah. and I was like, this is... Uh. Yeah. So, yeah. But it does kind of look quite like the Café de Paris would have looked with the kind of stairs coming down and the well, Yeah, from the pictures that I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it, I, I'm kind of thinking if I kind of phoned them and said, oh, I'd like to tell you about a, a high explosive tragedy that, that happened. happened yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing they wouldn't want me to come yeah, in. Yeah, they'd but... be like, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, yeah, because they changed it after the pandemic. Yeah. And like 2020, it, was it? That yeah, day? I think yeah. it, because it, it, it obviously had to close because if you look yeah. at pictures, I mean, you couldn't have got less COVID secure, really, because nah, people course, were really yeah. crammed in there. So, mm. yeah. But again, see, even that is like a lot of that you can get from the, the non-fiction aspect. Um, and what was like the your first ever like non-fiction that you read if you can remember it um, that made you go okay yeah this is what I want to get into yeah. writing no that's a really good question so I remember kind of reading history books yeah. and I remember my dad telling me about Mary Queen of Scots because he was Scottish so she, he quite liked her because she yeah. was kind of trying to overturn yeah. the English crown everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I liked her because she was a woman but yeah. um I didn't like stories that were about politicians and kings and queens. Mm. But I remember going on holiday um, with a friend and I took this biography of Colette, who was a um, Parisian 
singer and writer. Okay. And I just thought she was an amazing woman. And yeah. I really like the fact that you find out a lot about her time when you read a good biography as well. Yeah. And there was a story in it, which I still remember, where she used to go to these um, kind of parties in the sewers yeah. of Paris. Okay. And there was this duchess and she had one black rat on one shoulder and one white rat on the other oh, shoulder. Real, real rats? Yeah, real rats. Real, real um, rats. Oh, goodness, yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought... That kind of, kind of party. No, it was not. Okay. I would, I would hate that kind of. I would be, yeah, out there. Um, but maybe think that kind of detail really brings yeah. the past alive. So, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, so it was that kind of thing that really thought oh, nonfiction can be really exciting. Yeah, and and that's how, like, because I used to go through Piccadilly a lot, um, and especially like if you go through in London, there's a lot of buildings that look very cool. Yeah. Um, and like. The, you know when you, there's Oxford Circus yeah. and then you go down Regent Street yeah. I had no idea that that building there was um, Swan and Edgar oh yes which I, 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 just, I thought it was like maybe a theatre or yeah. something like because there's theatres yeah. all around but I, and it looks amazing at night and yeah. it's got the Waterstones right on, on the along. Regent side yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I had no idea like what that building was and everything just feels locked off and just like don't come near me yes um but then reading this, I was like, oh, so that's where, that's what that building yeah, was. That's what it had. Well, um, that's really great to hear because I think every um, building has kind of ghosts in yeah. it and different lives. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you because Swan and Edgar just looks kind of, it's kind of it's gleamingly white, isn't yeah. it? And you wouldn't know what's behind it or all the people have worked like, there. Like it doesn't, like, like Selfridges, you know, this is Selfridges. Yeah. But that one, I just, I had no idea no, where, it, where no. it was. It was just sitting in the, the cross section yeah, of the yeah. roads. And, and it's uh, quite anonymous, but it's a huge yeah, building but as it's, well. It's like, it's like right there. You, can, yeah. you can't miss it. And it's like, it's got nothing on it. Is it, I don't know if you know about why, but is there a reason why they have nothing on there that they just want to keep it plain? Um, so they're probably not allowed to do anything to yeah. it at the front. But I think behind it is just kind of offices and businesses. So nothing, uh, okay. you know, yeah. nothing very exciting. Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, these are the kind of things that I really enjoyed about. Like we, are, we were having the chat before um, and I was saying like this isn't normally a book that we would read yeah. like, in general. Um, but yeah, like growing up, like history was always one of my favorite subjects. Uh -huh. in school, and I, I kind of got annoyed when like the, like history lessons were cut, sh cut short from like the storytelling side of it. I thought yeah. I always like, really loved that part of it. Mm. Um, so I found like really interesting when you develop these characters and dug in a bit more about it, like um, the sculptor for the Eros statue. Alfred Gilbert, yeah. Uh, Alfred Gilbert, like all his stories and like how he ended up in, I think it was Belgium or something. Yes. Um, so like, yeah, I really enjoyed that part of it and um, the way you carried that on throughout the book Yeah, as well. well, so that I love doing that kind of thing mm -hmm. and finding out, and it's so easy, relatively, I probably shouldn't say this, <laughs> you know, if you, to, to find out things mm -hmm. and to yeah. just, um, you can lose days just following trails. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the danger with non-fiction when you write non-fiction. I remember one of my first editors said, I said, so what makes a good biography? And he said, it's what you leave out that makes a good biography. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think that's probably true of all writing, but maybe particularly with nonfiction, because you get all this massive information yeah. and often it's quite hard one and you yeah. have to dump a lot of it. Yeah, and you have to then kind of funnel all of yeah. that into a succinct kind of story that yes. makes sense for people to, to follow along. Yeah, yeah. Which can be tough, especially when it's real, because so many different things. I mean, in fiction, you can decide what was real or what wasn't. Yes. But with this one, it's like, oh yeah, but this was happening at the same time yeah. as this. And like I said, one of my favorite, I guess, chapters, um, which was the... Um, Leon's T-shirt, was it? Huh? Leon's T-shirt. No, it was... The, 
No, the the nippies were my favorite people, but yeah. we'll get to that. Um, but the, it was the the bombing. Oh, the Cafe de Prix. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was because of the build up to the bomb of like different people and all yeah. of that, of course. Um, and it's like there's so many different people, so many different things that was happening that you that you funneled it so well. Oh well, thank into, you. Into like it felt like episodic. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I really enjoyed writing that. And I enjoyed the scenes changed. And, yeah. You know? um, and um, I suppose there was such really good material there yeah. as well. Um, and so many different people. So yeah. it wasn't just very rich people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the band, I think, the is really interesting. Well, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Snake and Hips Johnson is such a Yeah, Snake Hips. <laughs> yeah. Great name. Yeah. Great name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and um, how it brought out the best and worst yeah. in people as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's such a dramatic story. It's a kind of gift to write about, really. Yeah. And it's like finding that research is like, okay, I want to put that in. And then having to put it concisely, like you said, due to short attention spans of people, if it was to be made longer, um, I don't think, well, I mean, if you're interested in the story, you would still read it. But like, as you were saying, the younger generation isn't necessarily into all of that. No. Well, it's funny because I wanted to write the whole book on the Café de Paris. And my editor said, no, you can't um, do Piccadilly Circus, which, uh, and I I think that was the right call, really, because I think to have it and just distill it in that way, it just makes, it it takes most of the drama from it. No, it does, because Um, you brought in the sense of the area, what the area meant. and then context. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to know as well, was like, um, so once you started your, so, you know, getting into nonfiction, um, how was the process of actually getting your work published? Was it a tough process or was it... A... Um, so the first book I ever wanted to write was about women and comedy and yeah. how women tell jokes in a different way. That really yeah. interests me. Um, and uh, I approached a publisher uh, directly and they said, can't quite make that work, but you mm. need to get yourself an agent yeah. um, and take it from there. So I got an agent and she tried a few people with that idea and it wasn't quite working. And then she said, why don't you write a, a biography of Mari Lloyd, who is a musical performer? Yeah. And so that's how I got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably it is easier to get nonfiction published and to get an agent for yeah. nonfiction than fiction. Because, you know. How it, comes? Oh, I think because it's harder to, to get fiction published. And I think more people want to write fiction, fiction perhaps. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. No, and then the, the Mari Lloyd um, book. I was lucky because my agent found an editor who knew about her and was passionate about yeah, that. So yeah, you kind yeah. of need a bit of great um, luck. Yeah, as yeah, well. of course, yeah. to find it. And uh, was it how how did it feel once you finally? Because I always like to ask authors how it felt to actually see your work on like display at a shop. It's just amazing. It's nothing. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, it's just. I mean, that thrill just never disappears, yeah. and uh, you know, it's still really thrilling for me to think that you two have read the book. I mean, yeah. that, that's just <laughs> like you know. you're saying with people that have actually read yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes yeah. you think, oh, you're in your little world and you're yeah. reading it, and you probably persuade your husband to read it, um, yeah, and yeah. your agent has to read it, and your pa- but then to think that other people are reading it. Um, so I got a message from uh, someone on Instagram yeah. who had read it, and you know, she's based somewhere else in Europe and she said she'd taken it to lots of different European countries with her mm-hmm. and I thought it was amazing the thought of Piccadilly on tour, and on yeah. tour yeah. literally yeah, which yeah, is yeah, really yeah, nice yeah. yeah of course of course um and I don't I like one thing that I find interesting as well in terms of the whole um like publishing and the need for books and not only just for books but stories as well um 
and I like to ask other creatives as well. It's, it's in the terms of like people need, I guess, food, water, shelter. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've realized is human beings, they need like stories yeah. and art just as much. And it's a case of like, what what is it that makes, is it is it the connections in stories? Is it the trying to understand ourselves better? Is it like, that need is, I would say, almost just as high as food and water. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, if I'm feeling a bit down, yeah, um, reading a good book can really yeah. revive me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also important to see yourself in lots of different books yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, um, you know, creative writing is very therapeutic as well. Yeah. So it helps you work out maybe what you're thinking about, where your place is in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's been kind of scientifically um, shown that it can really help people. You know, for example, uh, people in prison, yeah. if you uh, give them creative writing, they can suddenly imagine a different ending for themselves mm-hmm. um, and a different world. Um, so I think it's it's incredibly powerful. Like writing. allowing them to just write their own story? Yeah, or, or, yeah. absolutely anything. Um, and then it kind of, it, it just, it's almost like a kind of... Um, a jump start yeah. to think oh you know there are other possibilities mm. um and you're not just stuck in this way that people have typecast you as yeah. yeah i mean that's like one of the things that we picked up on like when we were reading a lot more i mean i i kind of wanted to talk about this like when we started the podcast i was like like growing up I had a real love for books and mm. mainly because of like the main the good guys in the books the main characters like these are the kind of guys i aspired to be like when i grew up yeah um and yeah we also read a lot of dystopian novels and uh-huh. a lot of them talk about the the idea that all right um we end up in some kind of society where you get your food you get your um drink whatever you get your shelter but then there's no like i think 1984 was one of them um like creativity is just absolutely reduced and <laughs> um i think naturally we like you talk about like going back to the caveman days and telling stories around fires and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So, like, yeah, that's, I think, yeah, it's a real, real need for us. And yeah. yeah, that's why I kind of always try and encourage my friends to read a bit more. And yes, yeah. and and I think sometimes it's not valued because yeah. it's seen as well. It's it's quite a, it can be quite a lonely pursuit, can't yeah. it? You know, yeah. you just sit in the corner with your your book. Yeah. Um, and also you can feel guilty that it's you know you're wasting time, whereas you should be something else, mm-hmm. doing something else. But I think also if you want to be a writer, you've just got to read yeah. um, loads yeah. and loads. Um, and there's a really good book by Stephen King, which I always recommend on writing. I don't know if you have you come across that. No. Oh, it's brilliant. He's got a book on writing. Yeah. Oh. So it's the only book by him I've read. Not because I disapprove of what he does. Oh. I'm just a bit of a scary okay. cat. <laughs> but, so it's a yeah. memoir, and it's about him, his um, how he writes, yeah. and he says something like he reads seventy books a year. Oh wow. That's um, like, yeah. That's over two. That's over two books. I think that's almost two books a week or something like that. Something like that. But yeah. he says that's really important. And he Ooh. says that um, you need a place to go to regularly to write. It could be like a cafe or something. Yeah. But he says something like, the muse needs to know where you're going to be mm-hmm. because eventually mm. they'll show up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's just full of point, really yeah. good advice and advice about writing dialogue and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a solid one, to be fair. Because mm, sure. I always feel like there's a certain cafe that I go to and I feel more productive. Uh-huh. So that's probably what it is. I think my body's just used yeah, to like, yeah. oh, this is... We're at a creative place right now. Let's just get the yes. juices flowing. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't need to be anywhere kind of grand, like Dan Brown, for example. I think he wrote in an airing cupboard or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, not that he produced the best work, but, <laughs> you know, at least he did produce yeah, stuff. Exactly, so. exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and to get into the book, I wanted to 
I think it's always best if the the author describes <laughs> the, the book, because uh, I think uh, if we did it, it might not give it the justice yeah. that. And it's also like our take on it; it will be different from your from, original yeah, yeah, yeah. idea. Right. Oh well. Um, if you wanted to describe Piccadilly. Uh, yeah. How would you describe it well, to someone think, that doesn't know? I, I think that's a cop out on your behalf. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I can give a description. <laughs> no, well, you but... can you can tell me what you think. So yeah, what yeah. I was aiming to do was to kind of write a biography of a place. Yeah. And um, I tried to do it partly by tethering the stories I really liked to the main buildings around Piccadilly Circus. Yeah. And I started um, about 1893 because that's when Eros arrived. Okay, because yeah. to me, that's that kind of made. Piccadilly Circus and it's when Shaftesbury Avenue was built so it kind of changed dramatically yeah. and I take it just until after the Second World War and then the, the last bit of the book is kind of telescoped because I wanted to concentrate on the years that for me were the most significant and kind of formed Piccadilly so it's looking at Piccadilly as a place for meeting, for protest, yeah. a people's place, a place for celebration. Yeah. So that that's what I was aiming to do. Yeah. Um, but what? So what do you think it is? Then? <laughs> that was a great way of actually putting it. Um, in my, what she said. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Now, oh, for me, um, I think because I have a personal interest in Piccadilly. Like I said, I used to go through a lot. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, the, how I would describe the book is um, a snapshot of that's a great word isn't mm-hmm. it? a snapshot of a historical time period um bubbling and fermenting at piccadilly that pretty much shaped a lot of culture and a lot of what people um decided to yeah. do and how generations moved forward in yeah. uh, in in their lives and you know and, yeah no and, I, I think that's a good way of summing it up too as well and you kind of i tried to look at kind of cultural and social development yeah. so things like shopping and the tube and transport yeah. and um attitudes to sexuality as well yeah. that's really important because that's i think with uh oh sorry I would I mean, yeah it. i mean i would say the same thing like i thought it was really interesting the way um you kind of went through those generations and you talked about workers rights women's mm. rights um so that's about wartime and how that was all experienced from like all the different perspectives and how you kept on linking it back into Piccadilly's lights as well. Like mm, yeah. for me, like at Piccadilly, I see the screens and the lights. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And then like yeah, you kind of really I think made that a point of emphasis mm-hmm. and like like always drawing back to that and how people's ideas of of like liberation and freedom mm. kind of relates to being in the light and like during the wartime, so it, it, the blitz and all that. So there's blackout and yeah, I think people feel negative around that and yeah i thought you did a really good job oh, of, of portraying you. that whole, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course uh, first i have to say the writing was amazing oh well thank you uh the reason why i even say the writing was amazing is because it's like um i think the reason why usually it wouldn't be a book that we would read um in the non-fiction because a lot of non-fiction has i guess that stereotype of just like it's historian's outtake of you know so it's kind of like what you would read in school but yeah, yeah, but the way yeah. you you wrote it like felt different. It felt like a series of short stories um, that was also funny um, <laughs> and like witty as well. And it was like, I think the way you said it, like where you had your daughter in mind yeah. for for it, it 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 didn't feel like it was um, like just a. And then in the year 19, something happened. Yeah. And yeah. It felt like it, I was, you know a friend was telling me, "Oh, did you know this place yeah. here? This yeah. happened." And 
So, yeah. Well, that's great to hear. So um, when I teach nonfiction, I teach, yeah. we teach creative nonfiction, and I really believe it can do all the things that fiction can do. Yeah. So I think structure is really important. Yeah. The order in which you tell the story, suspense. I think humor is really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, you know, um, I I don't really like reading those. Well, I have to read a lot of factual books, but I prefer books that are telling me a story and yeah, yeah. keeping me on the edge of their seat, yeah, which I course. think, yeah. you know, nonfiction can do if it's done properly. Yeah, yeah. which in this case it was. Good. <laughs> I, so, like, all right, um, drawing back to the idea of uh, a lack of attention span in this current yeah. generation, and it's absolutely true. Like, I'm trying to, <laughs> um, I'm trying to recapture my attention span myself, but the um, question I asked him, I was like, um, why was it in this medium? Because I see a lot of, like, really successful, like, videos that yeah. are portraying like different parts of London like yeah. the history of all the bridges in London and things like that they're getting like tens of millions of views and stuff like that so I'm thinking this would be like amazing in, in like a kind of documentary format or, mm. a, or video oh, essay yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. thing so like what, what made you kind of choose this direction in this age I would say well I suppose because I can't do all of those <laughs> other things and I, I can kind of write a non-fiction book yeah. um, and I I like doing all the research and digging around and I like the idea that you've got a relationship with the reader. Yeah. So you're kind of taking them with you in quite an intimate way. Yeah. And I, d I don't think you can quite do that in the same way that you could in a documentary, for example. I mean, I love documentaries as well, but yeah. it's quite a different medium, isn't mm -hmm. it, really? Yeah. I agree, because I've always said like, I prefer written uh, storytelling because your, your imagination can just go wild. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, I literally feel like, all right, um, I'm here with you and you're taking me around on a tour of all these different places. Yeah. And, like jumping in the TARDIS or whatever, jumping out different time periods. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, coming here and then like, so this is what happened in yeah. the Café de Paris. Yeah. Like, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Before. Yeah. And, and I think you can do that in the past if you really get immersed in it. And I mm. remember when I was, because you can, you can get a list of the, the war dead. So I was trying to collate who died okay, in the yeah. Café de Paris. I was kind of pouring over it. And um, I was due to go out for a drink with my daughter and she came in yeah. and she said, oh, she got basically got a better offer. And she said, but you're with the war dead, aren't you? No, you're quite happy with the war dead, aren't you? I said, you know, I'm really happy with the war dead. You leave me with the yeah, war dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of, um, it was amazing because I almost felt I was in the Café de Paris. Yeah, yeah. And just looking at the names and trying to guess from their background if that was maybe an Italian person who'd been interned or you could tell that that was probably a Greek person yeah. um, and just trying to guess their stories just yeah. from their names. I think there was like one part that you put in that was a, that was a bit sad which was yeah, kind a couple. of no not just a couple it was, it was the I think it was towards the end of it where you was writing um, like some people that had planned to go there missed out on that tragic oh, event yes and then someone that probably didn't plan to go there but was there yeah unfortunately you know what I mean? yes passed away yeah and it's that aspect that you kind of brought in as well with the different people the small uh finalities of actions that were taken that either saved someone yeah. or costed someone yeah um, yeah because i mean and that was what drew me to the story i think in the first place because it's about chance isn't it chance yeah, and yeah. i think we've all had that near miss yeah. in our life and um yeah, there was someone who decided to go to the, the loo at that moment yeah. when the bomb dropped or someone who felt they had to ring home at that yeah. moment. Or their position. And yes, it's, it's, exactly. Yeah. If they had the best seat in the house and that yeah. was really bad news. So. Yeah. And that's like, that, that I don't know, like that, because I remember I had like, a, I want to say a short film, but it was like a short video idea that I wanted to make that was sort of, I guess, on that level of yeah. chance. 
which sounds very morbid now to say, is it, it was a car crash. Yeah. Um, but essentially, the man that dies in the car crash um, happens to be running late for an interview. So he runs into the road. And the guy that's driving the car bought a faulty car. Right. So then it's like, but I want to start it off as like, them to absolutely not even know each other and yeah. like you don't yes. expect nothing of it the man buys a faulty car drives back the faulty car realizes oh this isn't a great yeah. if the brakes don't work properly and this and that it's simultaneously there's a guy that's running late for a thing and then yeah. by chance yeah. it happens to be on the road that yeah. the guy can't stop on and the guy has to cross the road and it's like and it's crazy because it can happen, happen anywhere. Yeah. Yes, and and also can happen for nice things for as nice well. Things, you know, yeah. you could be delayed, and that means that you meet your future partner or yeah. something. So, uh, it's kind of um, it it's scary on one level. Yeah. Um, but kind of quite exciting to think that life can change so quickly. So as quickly, well. yeah, of course. And uh, do you want to add on to that? Or? I had another question. So, yeah. like before we get into other stuff, um, I wanted to ask about your research process. So yeah. Clearly, this has been thoroughly researched. Yeah. And, um, I can tell you, you've already said that you, you've got a passion for research. Yeah. And, um, like there's like details like um, the the model for the statue of Eros. You, you didn't grow beyond five feet. Yes. I thought that was pretty interesting. I was like, and then you, you kind of tagged on to his history after that as well. Yeah. And when you got old and all this stuff. Like, yeah. So what was your research process like? Was there any difficulties you encountered during research? <laughs> well, the pandemic was quite a big <laughs> difficulty. <laughs> yeah. So, but it did kind of focus my mind. And there were moments when you could go to libraries. So, but it, people got, it was really funny, all these kind of staid researchers suddenly got really kind of, you know, get out of my way. Um, mm-hmm. Because like the London Metropolitan Archives, you could, they closed for a long time as they had to. And mm-hmm. then they would kind of open and then you couldn't get a place to go in. And then you could get, um, you know, if someone pulled out, you could go in. So it did make you, it was almost like kind of smash and grab. So you go in and yeah. think, what am I looking for? Yeah, yeah um, just quickly. Just, yeah, just photograph yeah. everything if you're allowed to. Um, a lot more stuff came online, which is great mm. as well. Um, and um, it's just uh, keeping on top of all that research. Yeah. Um, and so I've, I've tried lots of kind of um, software things, but they never worked for me. So I just used old fashioned index cards mm-hmm. um, and then uh, reading loads and just remembering to leave stuff out. But being uh, always on top of your research mm-hmm. and make because I've, I've read, you know, students work where the research has got hold of them and it's, yeah. ju- it's just run away with them. So mm-hmm. it's remembering always to kind of that why are you doing this research and yeah. telling the story mm-hmm. um, and kind of picking out those details as well. So yeah. I think things that if you come across something that you instantly want to tell someone else, that's a really good sign, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the most interesting thing that you found when you were researching that you had to leave out of the book? um yeah so um well my my editor kind of uh there probably would have been even more about eros in there but she said you know you can do a lecture on this afterwards which is a very polite way of saying this is getting a bit dull (laughs) um so i became quite obsessed with him and i had a whole chapter there's quite a lot about hitchcock and his films in there but i had a whole chapter on one particular film uh sabotage which is about um a little boy who's given a cinema reel to take to Piccadilly Circus, but it's actually got a bomb in it. It's a brilliant film, yeah. I think. Um, but um, my editor just said, sorry, I can't see why you've put this in here at all. <laughs> and and I said, no, you're right. So that came out. But, you know, yeah. I, I, re- I enjoyed writing it and I enjoyed watching the film. Yeah. Um, but it just had to come out really too much Hitchcock. Yeah, of course. I mean, even, like, you can see with the, uh, like, let me give a bit more context to that uh, Café de Paris. Yeah. 
because uh, um, like I said, I think that for me, that was my like favorite part. You don't know the book was great. Uh, <laughs> uh, which the context is that there is it's the middle of the Blitz, um, so Piccadilly that people know as you know the lights glimmering and all that stuff had to be blacked out, which was a significant moment for people as yeah. well because like yeah. you know if Piccadilly is blacked out, then this is real. Yeah. Um, so, but then there were some people that instead of going to the shelters and and whatnot, they would congregate at the cafe was it to just have fun or was it just yeah. to kind of like because well, you put in something of um they had the look of um let's drink and dance like as if we're going to die tomorrow yeah well like, um yeah. so it's a whole mixture of people so um before the war it would have been mainly very wealthy people yeah. bright young things who went and then it was much more democratic so you didn't have to dress up quite so much you yeah. know in your uniform there were probably quite a few spies in there as yeah, well yeah, yeah. um and you know people just didn't know what was going to happen yeah so there was a bit of a kind of you know let's let's dance today you know what's going to happen yeah yeah and and like so you've built that setting and in that are like these different characters that you're popping out so for example there was that couple yeah. um that uh with that was with their their mum yeah yeah during so the people that were like presence of snake hips and yeah um so all these people so you you build up like the former was going to be there um the couple was going to be there and then um it's like we 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 know like there's the bomb that's about to drop uh but it's like then you start going to more and more details Mm. about the people the people yeah 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 and then obviously eventually the bomb does hit and then um, I remember I was just like reading, waiting out to see what happened to Snake Hips. Right. And the way you wrote it again, which was great, it was like, it felt like I was part of the people in the rubble. Right. Mm-hmm. Checking to see the bodies oh, of people oh, that you familiarized. <laughs> Sorry, it with. sounds awful saying, oh, that's great. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah tell me more. <laughs> um, you know, but it's then then um, one of Snake Hips' bandmates. Um, when they tried to pull him out in yeah. this yeah, I can't even imagine what that would look yeah. like. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, sneak ups. Uh, yes, and I, I mean, from the, I don't know if if you've had a chance to look at the photos, but he was such a beautiful man, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, elegant. Yeah. And you think, what would have happened if he'd survived? Yeah, what would he have gone on to? Yeah. Did you get the photos? No, I didn't. I, didn't no. get the, I got the photos. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. <laughs> no, but then and then, obviously he. Uh, passed away as well mm. and it was like such a it kind of then brings you back to the reason why I found it amazing was because it's like it goes from when you was building the scene up the stairs the, the glass everywhere yeah. the the people dancing the champagne all of that like, you kind of have this like Gatsby kind of imagery mm. mm-hmm. and then the bomb hits and then you kind of go back to like, oh, there's a blitz going on. Mm. That's why everything stopped. And yeah. then it kind of goes yeah. back to Piccadilly being... Yeah. You know. Well, that's what you can do um, in non-fiction as you can in yeah. fiction. You can stop and leave your readers, you know, yeah. hopefully want to know what happens. Yeah. Um, and you probably need those kind of resting places every, if you're writing about something that's no, yeah, really of tense. Course, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's crazy because now I kind of look at Piccadilly as... as what it is, well, how I've seen it, and you wouldn't even expect that to, no. to happen over there. No, I often think the tourists, you know, yeah. sitting on the steps have no Literally. idea. And it still kind of has that celebratory aspect. Yeah. Um, I remember when Morocco um, beat, uh, was it Portugal in the World right, Cup? Right, yeah. 
the place to be was Piccadilly. Yeah. And then they went from Piccadilly and the, like the flags and everything were there and like blocking up the road and they just like paraded all the way down to Trafalgar Square. Yeah. So when you were saying like that's where people would come to like celebrate, yeah. I was like, like it's still, yeah. still... I, I mean, I've still seen when Scotland played England in yeah. football, I saw two Scottish fans climbing Eros. Climbing, but yeah, they didn't yeah. get very far. They were kind of, he just about touched his foot and then yeah, came yeah, down Yeah, they again. came down, yeah. No, but it's, it's, it's crazy how it still kind of has that... Um, same vibe that you yeah. got from the book but yeah yeah like, well it's a really quite it's still a chaotic place isn't it so i always think well. am i gonna get killed crossing piccadilly yeah. circus and you're gonna get yeah like even, yeah even in the book when you mentioned like the video game call of duty had a yeah. map that was like based on piccadilly circus yeah, yeah. i found that strange when i i played the game <laughs> and i was like well, this is a bit weird because I, I go here every now and then yeah, so. piccadilly yeah, yeah. yeah there's certain places that get bombed and you're like oh that's that yeah place. yeah <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, yeah. For me, like that whole scene as well. If it, like I, I was like envisioning it as a film where I was like, we're seeing the people they're dancing, and you're like, the shot goes to like the bomb just dropping into mm. the ventilation shop, and you it goes back to the people, and it goes back to the bomb, and then different people, and then you're seeing the bomb descend in your head, and yeah. then then it drops, and then like everything just explodes and like just chaos. So like it really gives you like visual imagery. So like when I was asking about like what why did you choose this medium, that's mm. it, I, I think it was perfect. So yeah, yeah well I really I th- it, it has popped up in novels, and I I think it was um it's been in a couple of plays. You get references to the Cafe de Paris because I think people are kind of really taken by it mm-hmm. and the, the the sense of fate in it as well. Mm-hmm. And this was my first introduction to it. Too. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, only generational though, no? Yeah, yeah, no, of course. And and I was like, oh, wow. I was just surprised that I didn't know about it. No. Anyway, you know? Yeah. Well, as I say, I think the, the current owners probably would rather... Would rather yeah, 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 yeah. They've just changed the whole outlook <laughs> of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, it's crazy how uh, you see Piccadilly and, and everything that it's become. Mm-hmm. Uh, like going back to Chance as well, like the, the couple that were dancing, the woman that died and then... Her husband became, went on and became a firefighter. Yes. Like, like that could have, like, on, on a small level, affected the war because he must yes. have been yeah. successful in that regard. So, like, yeah, I, I had a fantasy of kind of because um, I've got a picture of his grave and mm-hmm. of her grave, mm-hmm. and I've, I'd love to take some flowers to both of their graves or something because mm-hmm. it just seems like such a sad story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does, uh, and to also kind of touch up on, I think. Um, what it was near the beginning of the book um about even the the sculptors and the the man that was i think designed albert gilbert yeah 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 and 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 the fact that like obviously now piccadilly is essentially synonymous with the statue but at the time people aren't really no that i mean i felt really sorry for him because he bankrupted himself doing it it was like i found found that very strange (laughs) Yeah. And then people were so rude about the yeah. statue. Um and lots of people disapproved because it was in an area of London that was renowned for prostitution. Yeah. And um and Lord Shaftesbury, who it was named after, was this very upstanding um philanthropist and here's this kind of semi naked boy yeah, in the yeah, sky. Yeah, yeah. Um and people complained about the water and the flower girls getting soaked yeah. and um oh it must have been awful for him. No, no, absolutely. And it's kind of like it it made me think about the perspective of some artists um, just might not get the flowers at the time of yeah, it and then exactly. they'll never know how impactful no. that like yeah. Van Gogh is another example yeah. they won't really know the impact that their work has had and like I remember one Doctor Who episode was 
amazing. Um, Van Gogh episode. Van oh, Gogh yeah, that one. was a great episode. Oh, it was yeah. really sad, wasn't it? it really was. poignant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's kind of like you kind of wish you could yes. show artists how much that, like the fact that that guy probably thought RK like bad about his thing, doesn't know that it's now, it is Piccadilly. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, so he, he just about towards the very end of yeah. his life had a sense of it being significant. But I mean, he suggested at one point that it would be best to melt it down and give yeah. the money to the homeless yeah. people. And George Bernard Shaw said he should have been drowned in his yeah, own yeah, fight. Yeah. It's just awful. It's crazy. Um, it's that ridiculous backlash that you get. From yeah, yeah, you know, it's, you're right. It's, it's so modern in some ways, isn't yeah. it, really? As but well. it's also, like, interesting in art. Like, right now, someone might love your piece, but then later on they might not. Like, yes. you might get this different stigma and people... Yeah, like, oh, exactly. When we're, that. you know, talking about pulling down statues and things like that and all yeah. those kind of traditional... Um, statues that are just hideous now. Yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. Eros has stood the test of time. time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I kind of you had any more. I, I had some question about creative process, but I'm yeah, conscious of time, so good. Yeah. No, you could ask. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask what your creative processes like in general. Like, how do you come up with all these ideas? You mentioned um, keeping like you, you, some parts are longer than you'd like, some parts maybe shorter than yeah. you'd like. And like, how do you decide on all of these things? And of course, you're working with your editor and all this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, um, I um, I don't tend to show my work to um many people for quite a long time, and I try and get it in a state that I think is decent, and then. If I want a second opinion, I'll normally show it to my husband because he's um, a writer himself yeah. and he's used to be a journalist. So I value his um, feedback and he mm. likes history, but he writes fiction. So yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. a good combination. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, but I d it never that kind of feeling of being crushed if someone doesn't like your work is just never goes away or just yeah. feeling really anxious when you send it off. Yeah. Um, so I think that gets worse actually, the mm. more books you write. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, we're, and, and sharing any kind of writing is yeah. I really... No, it's such a vulnerable to. thing. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I remember I used to share with, <laughs> I was with Moe, yeah, as well, and he like. would absolutely just you'd be like what what is this and how did you take that i didn't take it well no so yeah. he's obviously and, not the person absolutely not <laughs> no. and, and, and i decided that now i decided uh, like uh, to never send yeah, it back to me good no well that's fine yeah, that's then you might have ruined your friendship so <laughs> I think you need to find someone else but then I'll, I'll, I'll like read it to my brother and he'd think this is the best thing that's oh, well, ever that's existed not very good is it <laughs> yeah i know so i was kind of like which one what do i do here yeah you know? but to be fair though it was constructive <laughs> because my writing was awful too yeah fair. no but you need to say why it's awful so yeah no he, worry, I did, I did. He, he gave me a powerpoint presentation oh my yeah, seriously that means i liked it if i found me the whole powerpoint presentation then. <laughs> yeah no, no he'd be like this is like he would annotate it, like this isn't right this doesn't yeah. automatically make sense and you know, yes. this one here needs a comma and did he say when he liked things though? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Did. Yeah, I'm not one of those ones. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I sent him some of my stuff right. as well, and yeah, yeah I mean, but I, I think I'm my biggest critic. Do like, you, you find that you're your own biggest critic, or um, <laughs> you actually like your stuff? Like, that, well, no. It? Sometimes I think, oh god, this is really boring, or you know, and I think I must come back to that. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point where you just have to, otherwise, you have to plow on. Mm -hmm. um, some writer said you just have to lower your standards yeah. because otherwise you'd never write anything. Yeah, so yeah. there are going to be days when your writing isn't good, but you just you need to keep going. Really. Yeah, absolutely. And um, sort of also round it off. 
Um, so you do a creative course? Yeah, so I teach, um, and if you're able to, perhaps you could put the link out there. Yeah, yeah of course. I, sure. I teach at the Institute of Continuing Education, and we have loads of courses there, some yeah. online. We have a master's in creative writing. Um, and I think we're going to have a bursary announcement quite soon, which yeah. I'd really like to Because that sounds like about. something that would be pretty interesting. Great, yeah, good. Yeah. Well, I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah, um, no, so of that course. Any, any kind of, we have three masters, one a general one, one in writing for performance um, and crime and thriller writing, and then lots of other courses as well. So yeah. um, we've had some really good successes. So, I mean, in, in terms of published works, so Sarah Collins, I don't know if you know her novel, yeah, um, no. The um, Confessions of uh, Franny Langton, which was made into an ITV miniseries so she's one of our um former students um oh, and yeah, the yeah. bloodthirsty unicorn series scandal is by one of our students as well yeah. so i mean that's one way of measuring success but yeah. the other is you know just if you finish your novel or something is mm. yeah of course yeah. and having that thing to actually push you to yeah finish and, it. and a kind of group of people who are not as horrible as your friends absolutely but, you know giving you more critical yeah, yeah, yeah. support <laughs> where we are now <laughs> Uh, no absolutely and obviously i just wanted to say as well that um as like you said at the beginning you didn't expect us to read your book uh, <laughs> i just wanted to say that um in terms of even ourselves trying to bridge that gap between um like i said i always have in the back of my mind trying to make our podcast light and entertaining yeah so that people aren't daunted by books um and that are like, oh, this is actually kind of funny. It's actually kind of cool and, mm. and this and that. Um, and I feel like this would be a different genre as well because we did touch on a lot of fiction. Yeah. Um, in terms of non-fiction, that um, this is a good like bridge mm -hmm. to get into non-fiction because it isn't as daunting or as... Um, like, so it wasn't something that we'd go... Like, we went, oh, I don't want to mm -hmm. read this anymore. Oh, well, th that's good. And that's kind of what... I mean, I wanted it, it to be fun and entertaining yeah. as much as anything else. So. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I did start good. reading it, and I was like, mm, I'm not really enjoying <laughs> it as much. But that's just, like, pure, like, a bit of stubbornness on my part. And also, that like, I haven't read this style of writing for probably Well, yeah, yeah, it's time. a changing gear, isn't it? Yeah, you have to absolutely. read it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, as, as it got further and further, I was like, yeah, I'm really enjoying this. Good. And, so, and obviously, yeah. I think it helps because you're very talented. To, <laughs> Thank you be able to you know thank you able to bridge that gap even for us and uh for that i'd like to say thank you for well thank you for taking time out book. to yeah mm -hmm. no, of course it's our pleasure <laughs> and uh thank you for taking time out to sit down with us oh, to it's been great talk fun. about the book yeah, it's been amazing. yeah good okay so that's been us your boys from paper charles podcast inspire reads we hope you guys stay creative and we hope you see you guys on the next one and yeah, check her work out. <laughs> Buy her book. Thank you. That as well. We'll put the links <laughs> and everything in the description. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Appreciate it. All right. right. Cool. Thanks for listening to the Paper Charles podcast. If you like this episode, please leave a review, comment, like, and subscribe. And be sure to follow us on all our socials. Keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. See you at work. Wow.